of me uh, to be able to uh, minister to your people, Lord, as we've gathered together on a Sunday night to hear from your word. And Lord, I pray that you would please bless us, Lord, and I pray that you would please uh, help us in your precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, well, we're there in uh, Genesis chapter number 5, and I'd like you to keep your finger there in Genesis 5 and go with me to Hebrews chapter number 11, towards the end of the New Testament, Hebrews chapter number 11, and of course we're studying, we're doing a study through the book of Hebrews 11, Hebrews chapter number 11, and just look at one verse, we'll read one verse, look at verse 5, Hebrews chapter number 11, and verse number 5, the Bible says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him, for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. And we've been, we're going through the Hebrews chapter 11, commonly referred to as the Hall of Faith, and we're studying uh, faith and different uh, characters, different Bible characters as they exercise faith. If you remember a couple weeks ago, we kind of did an introductory sermon on the subject of faith itself, and what faith is, and what faith will do in your life. And then last week we talked about Abel, and the faith that he had. Tonight we're going to be talking about the second character mentioned in Hebrews 11, and that is Enoch. Now, I want to tell you that you are in luck to Tonight for a few reasons, okay? Number one, there are not a lot of Bible verses that talk about Enoch, okay? So there's not really a lot to, uh, of material to really preach about in regards to Enoch himself, and we're going to look at them, and we're going to look at other passages. The other thing you got going for you is that we have cake and ice cream tonight, alright? So you're, the, the odds are stacked in your favor that this will be a short sermon, alright? Now, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. We'll see how the Spirit leads, you know? But uh, I, there's not a lot to say about Enoch, but I do want to kind of just highlight one thing about Enoch tonight as we study, and then we'll get into the cake and ice cream. But I'd like you to notice, if you look at verse 5 again, okay? There's not a lot that the Bible tells us about Enoch. He's a great Bible character, but we don't have a lot of description about Enoch. But I kind of want to give you the the things we do know. Here's what we know about Enoch, alright? Number one, if you're taking notes, if you'd like to take notes, what we know about Enoch is this. Enoch was taken home by God early in life. Before he died, he was taken. If you look at verse number 5 there of Hebrews 11... The Bible says, by faith, Enoch was translated. Now that word translate means he was changed. It's the same idea as one day we're going to be changed. We're going to be raptured. Our bodies, this corruptible, put on incorruption. And this mortal will put on immortality. And Enoch was literally kind of raptured early up into heaven. The Bible says, by faith, Enoch was translated. Notice that he should not see death. And was not found. Enoch goes out one day, I don't know what he was doing, he was walking the dog, or, you know, walking the, I don't know, saber-toothed tiger, I don't know what they were walking those days, but walking, you know, his dinosaur, and he's walking with God, and God translates him, God takes him up, and people were not looking, notice it says, and, and was not found. People were like, where's Enoch? I don't know. He went to check the mail, never came home. And he was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had the testimony that he pleased God. Now keep your finger there in Hebrews 11, and go back to Genesis chapter 5. I should have told you to keep your finger there, but Genesis 5, uh, just easy to find if you get back to Genesis 5. But let me just show you verse 24, Genesis 5.24. Genesis 5.24 says, And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, notice, Genesis 5.24, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, the, the, that phrase was not, or he was not, is saying that he didn't die. It's not that he died, he walked with God, and he was not, they didn't find him, but, he, but it wasn't because he died, it was because of this, for God took him. So here's what we know about Enoch, he was taken home 
by God. God took him before his death to heaven. The next thing we know about Enoch, and keep, keep your finger there in Genesis 5, go back to Hebrews 11. The second thing we know about Enoch is this. Enoch was taken early for one reason, because he so pleased God. He had such a walk with God and he brought so much pleasure to God that God said, you know what Enoch, why don't I just bring you home today? And look at Hebrews 11.5 again. It says, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, before God took him, this is the testimony that Enoch had. He had this testimony that he pleased God. Go back to Genesis 5, look at verse 24. The Bible says, and Enoch walked with God. And he was not, for God took him. So here's what we know. Enoch was taken by God early. We know that Enoch was taken by God early because he so pleased God. God was so pleased by this man Enoch that he said, I'm not even going to wait until the day of your death. I'm going to go ahead and rapture you up right now. I'm going to translate you right now. Here's the next thing we know about Enoch. Enoch obviously pleased God. And to be pleasing to God and to walk with God, Enoch must have obviously lived a very righteous life. Okay? Because you notice how it says there in Genesis 5.24, it says Enoch walked with God. Okay? Go to Amos in your Old Testament there. Towards the end of the, uh, of the, of the Old Testament, you've got those, remember this morning we were in Daniel? You've got Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. So if you find those big books, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, then you got Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos. Go to Amos chapter number 3. And you've got to understand this. When the Bible says that Enoch walked with God, it's not saying that he literally walked with God, although he he may have, you know, you know, obviously God is with us everywhere we go. But what that, that is referring to is the fact that his way of life or his the, the, the way he lived his life, his walk was one that he walked with God. He walked on this earth and he walked his life with God. Now the fact that the Bible would give us that, that phrase to describe Enoch tells us something about Enoch. He must have lived a very righteous life. You say, why is that? Are you there in Amos chapter 3? Look at verse 3. We're, we're literally almost done. All right, uh, Amos chapter 3, look at verse 3. The Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? So the Bible tells us that two people cannot walk together unless they are agreed. And that's talking about two people going down, you know, a husband and wife can't walk down life together without being in agreement. And you can't walk with God without both of you being in agreement. So Enoch was to conform himself to how God would want him to walk in order to be able to walk with God. Because the Bible tells us Enoch walked with God. And then the Bible tells us that two people cannot walk, two individuals cannot walk together unless they be agreed. Go to Jude. There's only one chapter in Jude, so uh, chapter 1. Jude, right before the book of Revelation. Jude. And look at verse number 14. Jude 14. In Jude we find, it's interesting, because in Jude we find a passage that's not given to us in the Old Testament, but it is an excerpt of one of the sermons that Enoch preached, because Enoch was a preacher, and we're told, we're kind of, it kind of writes down for us one of the sermons that Enoch preached, and I'd like to just highlight something for you there in uh, Jude, look at verse number 14, the Bible says this, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, Jude uh, verse 14, and Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. Look at verse 15. Now notice, this is Enoch preaching. This is what the sermon that he gave. He said, To execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are, notice this, this word, ungodly. Among them, of all their, notice this phrase, ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed. 
and all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So we get one verse of Jude's sermon, and here's the word that keeps coming up over and over and over and over again, and it's just one word, ungodly, ungodly. He's preaching against being ungodly. So if Jude is preaching against sinners who are ungodly, who have ungodly deeds, who have committed ungodly things, who, 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 are, who are ungodly sinners, then he must have been a very godly man. Would you not agree? I mean, if he walked with God, and can two walk together except they be here. So here's what we know about you, uh, about, about Enoch. We know this. Number one, he was taken up prematurely by God before his death. We know that he walked with God, which means he must have been a very righteous man. And we know that if he walked with God, with God you know, obviously if we look at his sermon, he was preaching a lot against sin, so he must have been a holy man. And to walk with God, that would make sense. So here's the thing. How does this matter to us? Or what, what can we learn from this? Well, we need to understand this. And if you're in church on a Sunday night, on Memorial Day weekend, <laughs> then you probably love God. I, I would imagine, I'm just guessing, I don't know. But I mean, I would imagine that everyone here is someone who is interested in maybe ple- being pleasing to God. Would we not all want a set of our lives that we please God like Enoch? Would we not all want a set of us that we walk with God like Enoch? I don't think you'd be at church on a Sunday night, Memorial Day weekend, unless you had the desire to walk with God, to, to uh, please God. So here's the thing. The question that I ask is this. What was Enoch's secret? What motivated Enoch to walk so closely with God? And if you look at Jude again, I'd like to just highlight a couple things for you. The Bible says, look at verse 14. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying. Now notice what he said. He said, Behold, the Lord coming with ten thousand of his saints. I mean, this is all the way back in the book of Genesis. This is before the Noahic flood. This is before Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is when they're still having, you know, saber-toothed tigers as pets or whatever. I mean, all the way, I mean, closer to Adam than anyone else. The Bible tells us the seventh from Adam. Enoch is preaching and teaching about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, and we know it's the second coming because he says, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. Do you see that? So he has to come the first time to have saints in order to come the second time with the saints. So he says, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. Now notice what Enoch says, verse 15. To execute judgment. Now the Bible does not tell us about a lot about Enoch. But here's what we know about Enoch. Enoch lived with the thought of the coming of the Lord, and with the thought of coming judgment, always before Him. Because we get one sermon, one one verse of what He preached, and here's what He's preaching. The Lord is coming back to execute judgment. So you better quit being ungodly, and all of you ungodly sinners, with all your ungodly acts, and all your deeds, and all the sin. He says, you better get right with God, because the Lord cometh with ten thousand of His saints, to execute judgment. Now you're there in Jude. Go to First John with me, real quickly. If you're right, in, if you're in Jude, right before the book of Jude, you got the books of First, Second, and Third John. Go to First John chapter three and look at verse two. Now here's what I want you to understand. Okay, there's not a lot the Bible tells us about Enoch, but there's enough for us to get an idea of this man Enoch. And here's what I want you to say: Enoch was taken by God prematurely for one reason. He pleased God. He walked with God. We know that if he pleased God and walked with God, he must have been a very righteous individual because can two walk together except they be agreed? And we. So the question is this: How? How can we walk with 
walk with God as closely as Enoch? How can we be as pleasing to God as Enoch was? And here's the other thing we know about Enoch, is that we get one sermon, and here's the sermon. Behold, the Lord cometh to execute judgment. And he lived his life, I believe, with this thought on his mind, that one day the Lord is coming to judge him, to execute judgment of him. And that explains for us, I believe, why he walked, why he lived the way he did. Are you there in 1 John chapter 3? Look at verse 2. Behold thou, are we the sons of God? I'm sorry, behold, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that, now notice this, when he shall appear, talking about the coming of the Lord, right? We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So, we're talking about the same subject. We know that he shall appear, so we know that Jesus is coming. Now notice verse 3, and I believe this kind of explains Enoch for us. And every man that hath this hope, what hope? That he shall appear. That Jesus is coming back. That the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment. And every man that hath this hope in him, look what it says, purifieth himself. Do you see that? The Bible says when you live your life in a way where you are constantly mindful of the fact that Jesus is coming back and that when he comes back, he's going to execute judgment upon you. When you live your life mindful of that, that he shall appear. Hey, every man that hath this hope that Jesus is coming, every man that hath this hope that he's going to come back and he's going to judge us. We're, gonna, we're not going to stand on the great white throne judgment if you are a saved individual, but there is what's known as the judgment seat of Christ where believers will stand before God and we will be judged. And the Bible says every man that hath this hope that we're going to see him again, that he's going to come back, that he's going to judge him. Everybody that has that thought in their mind and lives their life with that thought, the Bible says that individual will purify himself, will cleanse himself, will remove the sin out of their life. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. See, here's the point. I, I, I'm, I try to give you guys kind of a point, something to think about, to, to, to take home. And my, my, my point tonight rhymes, okay? And I didn't do it on purpose. I know it's cute, but just, just stick with me, okay? If you keep judgment in view, you will live like judgment is true. And here's what I mean by that. Enoch was constantly... Teaching and preaching and reminding and telling people about the fact that the Lord was coming back with 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment. This was a man that lived his life. Every day he woke up and he kept the coming judgment in view. He realized that one day he would be judged. The things that he did would be judged by God, Almighty God. And he kept that in view. And when he would think about the fact that there was a hope of seeing Jesus one day, hope of seeing the Messiah one day, hope of seeing God one day, and that he would come back with 10,000 and say, and he would think about that coming judgment, then that view constantly being before him made him live in a way like judgment was actually going to happen. When you live like with judgment in view, you will live like judgment is true. And here's what I'm trying to say. I think that if you ask Christians, you know, do you believe that the Lord is coming back? Amen. Do you believe that he's going to judge us? He will. Do you believe that one day you will stand before the Almighty God and you will give an account for the things that you did in your body? Oh yes, I believe that. The Bible teaches that. But then our actions, our walk, doesn't really reflect that mindset. Are you there in Hebrews 11? Look at verse 5 again. 
By faith Enoch was translated that he should not be dead. And was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had the testimony that he pleased God. Now verse 6 has to go with, goes with verse 5. They're in the same context. Let me prove it to you. By faith in verse 5. Do you see the word faith? Look at the last two words of verse 5. Please God. Okay, those are the key words. Faith and please. Now look at verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Talking about God. So you see how the context there? We're just told that Enoch, by faith, was translated and he pleased God. Verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is... If you come to God, obviously you need to believe that He is God. But notice, there's something else you need to believe about God. If you want to have faith and please God. It says, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Don't miss this though. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What is that? That's judgment. You understand that? You know, one day we'll stand before God at the judgment seat of Christ and we will be rewarded for the things we did in our lives. And see, if we are to be like Enoch, who walk by faith and please God, then without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. But you also got to believe this, that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. So if I live my life in a way where I'm diligently seeking God, and I believe that He's going to reward me one day at the judgment seat of Christ, and I live with that view in mind that He cometh with 10,000 of the saints, and I have that hope that I will see Him one day, then that should motivate the way I live my life. And when I live with judgment in view, I'll live like judgment is true. Like it's actually going to happen. Like one day I will actually be judged by Jesus Christ. Now look, that takes faith. Because remember we talked about, what, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is seeing... Faith is it's believing what you cannot see. It's like you look into the future. I've never seen judgment. I've never seen Jesus Christ. But I believe it will happen. And that requires faith. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, look at verse 38. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Hebrews 10, 38 says this. Now the just shall live by faith. That phrase is found four times in scripture. Habakkuk 2, 4, Romans 1, 17, Galatians 3, 11, and Hebrews 10, 38. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now... You gotta understand this, and it's interesting to me because as we as we go through Hebrews eleven, I think it'll become very clear for you. We saw the first example, Abel, right? And what was his faith? What did his faith represent? It represented salvation. Remember? By faith, Abel. He he gave God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Cain was offering his works, Abel was offering faith, his sacrifice. So Abel teaches us about a faith that saves you, a saving faith. Enoch teaches us about a walking faith. See, it's not just about getting saved. It's then, what do you do with your life? How do you walk? And Enoch teaches us that faith is required in the way. If you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to be able to, by faith, look ahead and realize that one day we will be judged. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're done right here. This is the last verse I want to show you. We'll try to bring it together and we'll be done. Alright, cake and ice cream. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. I've been preaching for 19 minutes. This is a Memorial Day special. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse number 10. Okay? 2 Corinthians 5, 10. The Bible says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, you got to understand this. If you're, if you're saved, you are not going to stand before God and give an account for your sins. 
The Bible says that we have been separated from our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says that they are that God forgets about them. They won't be recalled. They won't be remembered. I will not be judged for my sins, but I will be judged for what I did in my body. And I guess here's the point that I'm trying to get across, and I apologize if I'm not doing a good job with it. But I wonder if you and I lived our lives with the mindset, with the thought that one day we will be judged. If I woke up tomorrow morning, and the first thing that I thought of, and the thing that I thought of all day long, was everything that I do today will be judged one day when the Lord returns to execute judgment. If I were to live with that mindset my whole life, I wonder if it would affect the way I act. I wonder if it would affect the things I think. The things I say? Would it affect the things I wear? Or the things I put in my body? Would it affect how I spend my time? Or how I spend my money? Would it affect how I treat... If, if, if every time I had to make a decision, I thought about this. God one day will judge me for what I'm going to do. If every time I had the, the, the temptation to, to, to skip Bible reading. And then I thought to myself, but hold on. Everything I do will be judged by God one day. Would that change the way I live my life? Every time I, I thought, you know, every time I wanted to skip prayer, every time I wanted to withhold my time, every time I wanted to skip out on church, every time I didn't, I wanted to skip out on soul eating, every time I wanted to do something that I knew, if every day I thought to myself, and every day I asked myself this question, everything that I do in my body will one day be judged because the Lord is coming back with 10,000 of His age to execute judgment, and if I had that hope ever before me, would it change the way I live my life? And I think this is what would come from that. Is that at the end of our lives, it would be said, man, that individual, you know, I don't know a lot about them, but I know this, they walk with God. They please God. You say, how do you walk a life where people say, man, that person loves God. That person pleases God. Here's how you live it. Here's how Enoch lived it. Ever before him was this thought. What I do today will be judged by God. What I do tomorrow will be judged by God. What comes out of my mouth right now will be judged by God. What I'm thinking will be judged by God. See, if you keep judgment in view, then you'll live like judgment is true. You'll live like you're actually going to be judged one day. Do you believe that? If we believed it, I think it would change the way we live our lives. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Dear me, Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church, Lord. And I know there's not a lot to say about Enoch. The Bible doesn't give us a lot like other Bible characters. But I definitely think it gives us enough. And I think we can learn from Enoch that this man, it was more than just words. We, we can all say, oh, we love God, we love God, we love God, but what do your actions show? And Lord, if, if, if we just get this idea in our heads, just keep ever before us, like Enoch was trying to remind us, that the Lord cometh with 10,000 of His saints to execute judgment. If we believed and we kept that thought ever before us, I wonder if it would change the way we walk. I wonder if we would begin to remove sin out of our lives. I wonder if we would get more serious about God and more serious about serving God. If every day I thought that what I do today will be judged by God. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be serious about it. Father, I pray you'd help us to live like Enoch did. That we would live a life that brings pleasure to you. That we would please you with our walk. Not just our talk, but with our walk. Father, we love you. In your precious name I pray. Amen.